it's just part of my service. Like when I'm, when I'm applying a, a single process, someone's root touch up or whatever, I'm not going to skip a part. So it really is, it's, to me, it's just as important as the service itself. So there doesn't seem like there's any other option. So I just make it part of the service. I make it part of the routine. And if I run behind because the consultation took me five minutes longer than I expected, then I run behind. It's the same way as like, I've made time to take pictures for social media and I just did a you know, killer balayage and I will not let them walk out the door and my next client's waiting and staring at me. I'm just a hairstylist. How am I supposed to be a photographer, a social media manager, a receptionist, a marketing manager, and an entrepreneur as well? Welcome to the Secret Life of a Hairstylist podcast where we shatter the term I'm just a hairstylist and help inspire you behind the chair. I'm Samantha and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? Welcome back to this week's episode of the secret life of a hairstylist, where we crush the term. I am just a hairstylist. I'm super excited to be back behind the microphone. Uh, I took a few weeks off with getting my dance studio back going and stuff like that. So it's been a lot of stuff on the go, but I am back and I'm super excited about our next guest, Simone Narissa, who I met through Instagram with which I love that you can meet people through there. There's so many awesome people to meet. Um, and just felt like so many, so much knowledge and wisdom and stuff to share. And so uh, she actually has a podcast called Coffee and Foils. So I highly recommend going to check that out. Um, and I think what's super cool about this and what I'm like super excited to talk about today is her podcast, is, it comes from a perspective of clients. So it's not hairstylists talking to hairstylists, it's hairstylists talking to clients um, and getting their perspective on their experience within the salon. And um, it's just very, very fascinating. And I feel like I picked up so many things throughout it, uh, just in the fact of like, kind of those little like remembering moments of oh yeah, you know what? Like the client doesn't necessarily understand everything that we're doing behind the chair. Like sometimes we should explain things or they have a completely just different perspective than we do. And we kind of forget about that. So I think this was a really, really good reminder listening to her episodes about this. So less about me talking and let's get into the episode with Simone. Welcome Simone to the podcast. I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the industry and all of that fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this has been super exciting. Um, so I'm Simone and I um, am not in Canada. I'm in New York. <laughs> and uh, I have been in the industry, I believe, for 14 or 15 years now. Um, and I had gone to art school first after high school. And in my second year, I 
I, I just like wasn't interested anymore. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm generally a good student. I don't want to be here. And I decided on a whim to drop out my third week of my second year because I just knew that it didn't feel right. Um, and immediately I was like, well, I'm going to go to beauty school. It just made sense. Like I, I can never explain where it came from. It was just innate in me, I suppose. So I went and I went as quickly as possible. I did the fastest track that I could. Um, and basically like three days after I graduated, I had my first full-time job. Like I, I'm very go, go, go. That's just kind of how I am. I never know how to relax. So um, anyway, I found myself a couple years later at the salon that I'm currently at, which is a commission salon on Long Island. Um, and from there, I, I guess I started there in 2009. In uh, 2014, I actually became an educator for Goldwell, like a local educator. Um, and uh, I guess from there, 2022, I started my podcast. I'm like, there's a lot of things that happen in between, but, you know, we could just simplify <laughs> for time's sake. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that so many people in this industry kind of go through different career changes before they find that they're, they're like, yeah, they want to do this creative thing. And, um, I think a lot of people don't necessarily, I mean, there are a lot of people who do think that, yeah, I want to be a hairstylist, like right from the get-go, but there's a, a huge majority of people who, it kind of fell into their lap a little bit. Like, it's like, I never thought I would be a hairstylist. I remember when I was in high school, my mom had told me, you should be a hairstylist. You're like, you're super creative, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, eh, it just sounds so boring. <laughs> 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 so it's, it's cool to, I always love hearing how people got into the industry. Cause I think that there's always some super unique stories and how people got in. Um, so kind of going into your podcast. I just, I think this is such a cool idea. I think it's so unique and so interesting and so different. Um, how did you kind of like find the people to come on the podcast and like, how did this kind of come to be? Um, love the questions. So, I mean, I would love to give it some romantic story of how it, uh, came to me, but truly, um, I love to talk and I always thought that I would be good on a podcast. I've, you know, I don't know. People have told me that I have a good voice. People have tried to tell me to do uh, like audiobooks, and I'm like, I already have a full-time career. Like I cannot put one more thing under my belt. So I did always want to do a podcast and I was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And I'm not just going to do another thing that everybody else is doing. And I don't know, one day I'm literally standing at the kitchen sink, washing dishes, listening to a friend's podcast that has nothing to do with hair. And all of a sudden, like it hit me. It was like a scene from a movie. Like I dropped the dish in the sink and ran to the phone and called a friend. And I was like, I have a stroke of genius. And uh, I mean, that's, you know, up for debate if it was a stroke of genius. But all of a sudden I realized like how long has it been since we've been a client, right? And 
I don't get to be a client very often, even in other service, servicey type things like, okay, uh, I get my nails done every once in a while, or I get a massage, but it's been so long since I sat in the chair without the knowledge that I have. And I feel like a lot of the times clients, they'll come in and they'll say, uh, I want a balier and, and like, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Or they heard lingo or we say something and they're like, I have no idea what you just said, but it sounds great. And we tend to forget that other side. So all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, what if I interviewed clients on the bound, like breaking the boundaries that we set within the salon, right? If we're all professionals and if you're a true professional, there's certain things you're just not going to say to your client when they're in your chair. And there's certain things we should not be saying when we're behind the chair, but breaking down that wall and staring at someone through a screen and a microphone and being able to have that conversation of, listen, we couldn't talk about this in the salon, but can you be real with me for a second and tell me what was going through your head when your stylist said X, Y, Z? Um, I was like, that could be really interesting. And that could bring our perspective that we don't often get to hear unless it's like a girlfriend that we have who happens to not be going to us, who can give us feedback about an experience that they had. So um, that was kind of how it came was my so-called stroke of genius. And then also realizing that there's like a, I was like, there should be an endless well of people that I can interview because the world is really broken down to you do hair or you get your hair done. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't that easy, but that was my initial <laughs> idea. That was so that. easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like where it, it came from. And I did start start the podcast. The first few episodes were very good friends of mine because I was like, I need to break the ice. This is super awkward. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so let me talk to people who like know and love me no matter what. Um, but I do find that the people that I interview, you know, I don't need them to be well-spoken or knowledgeable or anything like that. I, I like the natural banter and the back and forth and feeling like you're having like coffee with a friend, which is kind of where the name comes from. So, um, you know, I'm always taking volunteers <laughs> if anybody is listening. <laughs> um, and really I let the, um, sometimes I have a list of topics and I'll approach somebody with, Hey, uh, would you want to speak on any of these? Or if someone has a really unique situation, I'm like that, that is a topic. Let's, let's do that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I found it so interesting. I was kind of at first when we had, um, first contact connected, there goes the word, connected on social media. And I was thinking like, Oh, you know, is it going to just be like stylist or um, not stylist clients bashing, stylists right because we have a bad experience and then we just want to like verbally abuse the stylist but it's not like I like what you did that you kind of break down the service that they had and get to like really understand and have like a deeper conversation and like ask them questions about what they thought about the service and like what they thought they were getting done what the hairstylist uh, the questions the hairstylist asked and all that kind of stuff. And I, I love that because, and I had so many ahas listening to it too. I was like, oh yeah, like we just, we forget about those things. We forget that 
like you said, like we haven't been a client in so long in the chair. And I mean, even I try sometimes when I go to like, go get my nails done or something like that to get into that client perspective and, and, and pay attention to all the little like servicey things, um, that we do. And we just forget about the aspect of like what we're actually putting on their hair or the little questions that we're asking. And I know like, for instance, when I do my aunt's hair, like she's complete lover to death, but she's completely clueless when it comes to hair. And so I have to like literally break it down step by step by step. And I'm just doing like a basic foil on her, but, um, but it's not basic to them. (laughs) So you just forget about those things. So I just find it so interesting to hear it from that client perspective. Um, so from you kind of, I haven't listened to all of your episodes yet, but um, having interviewed the people that you've interviewed, um, and the conversations that you've had, like, what are some of the biggest takeaways or ahas that you've had talking to them? Um, I mean, everything kind of comes back to consultation. I I know it sounds basic and, uh, it's not right. Because there's plenty of educators out there that are educating on, how to have the perfect consultation. And I come from a salon that's very education-based. So in the uh, 13 years or whatever, I don't know math very well, I think it's 13 years that I've been there, um, I've had plenty of people come through the doors and try and tell us how to have a consultation or what not to do or what to do. And really as a stylist, you have to find your groove. And I can't say I've seen it all because I do feel like I'm a little sheltered being that I've like been in one place for so long and I've built my career there. Um, I mean, I, I like being sheltered. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it's like, we do, we do tend to forget how a client feels walking in the door, especially the first time. We don't know what their morning was like. We don't know what their history is like. We don't know if they're scared, if they're excited, if they like getting their hair done, Um, if, you know, if the environment is intimidating or even if it's not intimidating, like maybe they're just intimidated because they feel like they don't know what they're talking about, which most of them don't feel like they know what they're talking about. So it really, almost every episode, if I feel like if someone were to listen from start to finish, every episode would come down to consultation. Uh, some of them come down to experience, Um, like the experience that was given to them. But even within that falls consultation. And like I said, I know it sounds basic. Like it's how we start every service, but it's we, none of us can become too comfortable in what we do or assume that we think we know what they're talking about. We have to really like enhance our consultation skills as an industry. Um, like to really dig into that client experience. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest takeaway for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you say, you say like a consultation seems so basic, but it's, it's, it really is not like it is the most important part of our service and it does fall short a lot of the times. And so I think that this is just a huge 
reminder for people or for stylists to really take the time and make sure that, you know, you book appropriate amount of time um, for that consultation. And you have the consultation every single time with your client, no matter if you've just done the same thing every single time to that client, like it's so important to have that conversation because even if, you know, for if just exactly that, that, um, example of somebody who's been in your chair every single time they get the same thing. And all of a sudden they've left you because you haven't been doing like, they're bored of what you've been doing. Like you have never changed it up or anything like that. Right. So like, again, it's just consultation is so, so important. So I think it's, uh, really important that we're having this conversation. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it truly is like the backbone of what we do, right? Because if we don't have a consultation to begin with, how do we even know what we're doing? Are we doing color? Are we doing a haircut besides a schedule? Right. But like, we have to have that consultation. And I think it's something that a lot of stylists do um, take for granted and uh, a little, I guess, background information on what my uh, daily schedule is like in the salon is um, I double book. The salon that I come from, we double book. So I don't have a ton of time for the consultation, right? And I um, am probably like immediately running behind from my first client of the day. And it's, you know, back to back and it's booked tightly. And I don't have a ton of control over the way that I'm booked because I work in a large commission salon. Um, But with that, like the point of me saying that is that I still make time for it because without that consultation, there's no point in doing the service. And where is the trust and how comfortable does my client feel or not feel? So there has to be time for it. I think it's imperative. Mm -hmm. I love that you say that because that is a really important part. I think that there are a lot of salons that do not have a lot of give and take with that or um, the flexibility, especially if you are like online booking too, right? Um, That you don't necessarily have a set time for new clients. It's just for that specific service. So um, how do you kind of like just to break that down a little bit more, how do you navigate that or um, make sure that you make the time for that consultation? I feel like everything in the salon comes down to routine, right? So if you do something enough, you can't imagine ever doing it without it. So um, if you, if you're doing a haircut and you always, uh, I don't know, start from the back, then you're always going to start from the back, right? So if I, it's just part of my service. Like when I'm, when I'm applying a a single process, someone's root touch up or whatever, I'm not going to skip a part. So it really is, it's, to me, it's just as important as the service itself. So there doesn't seem like there's any other option. So I just make it part of the service. I make it part of the routine. And if I run behind because the consultation took me five minutes longer than I expected, then I run behind. It's the same way as like, I've made time to take pictures for social media and I just did a, you know, killer balayage and I will not let them walk out the door and my next client's waiting and staring at me. So important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what do you think are, um, or like, what is one thing you feel that having, you know, again, had the conversations with these clients and these in-depth conversations, um, what is one thing that you would like 
every hairstylist to know? So I would like every hairstylist to know that clients will value your honesty and like your transparency more than anything else. And that falls into so many different topics and also so many different levels of your career. And there's one episode that I go off on like a tangent about baby stylists and like, you know, how you have to build your career and you can't just jump into things. And so I'm talking to the baby stylists, meaning the stylists who are brand new and also the more senior stylists that have been, uh, you know, doing it forever. It's like, we have to learn how to explain ourselves. We have to learn how to set boundaries. We have to learn how to say no when we don't have enough time to do the service that they're asking for. And we also have to learn how to tell them, no, your hair can't take that. No, this isn't a good idea. Um, No, I don't do that kind of work. So the honesty behind it or the honesty of, I understand that you want this end result. It is going to take you 18 months. Are you cool with that? Or I understand that this is what you want, but you want six-month maintenance and what you're asking me for is six-week maintenance. Are you okay with that? Like we have to remember at the end of the day that we are the professionals. And obviously we're not going to say no in an aggressive way, but we have to be honest and we have to be transparent because they respect that so much more. I've had so many guests on that have said like, the stylist that I went to just told me the truth or like told me I couldn't have that thing, but they told me what I could have, or this is what I had to do to repair my hair. And instead of somebody being like, instead of a stylist telling them, oh yeah, 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 sure. We'll just take off a half an inch and then taking off a foot. They had a stylist turn around and say, I have to take off three inches and this is what it's going to look like. And this is why, and this is how it's going to go down next time. And this is when I need to see you. So it's all of that, all of that honesty. So like I said, no matter where you are at in your career, and I think the baby stylists, as I'm fondly calling them, Mm -hmm. um, don't necessarily have the confidence to say that yet. Yes or no, or explain things. But I think if, if they can start making a habit out of it from the beginning, that helps build that confidence. And even if there's a seasoned stylist who doesn't have the confidence to say it, um, now is the time to start because they're going to respect that so much more. Um, and to not be fearful of telling them the truth because they don't know we're the ones who know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think like when you start in the industry, I remember like it's nerve wracking being with the client. Like we don't have the, uh, full confidence build up, built up yet. And I mean, they're like still senior stylists too, that we still sometimes don't have that confidence. Right. Um, but as a new stylist in this industry is really, is really building up that, um, that confidence. And, um, I had a totally had a point with this that I was going with. Oh yes. Okay. Now I remember, um, that it's really just important, especially like when you are starting in the industry to, if you're going to say no to somebody, no, but why, right? Like no, because so 
really, really continuing to educate yourself on all types of services, because if you just tell somebody, no, like you have to have a reason behind it. Right. And that's kind of where that confidence comes, comes from is being grounded in what you're doing. So just continuously like educating yourself and educating and educating, educating, and knowing the why behind everything that you're doing that's how you'll be able to better explain it. And you can tell somebody no and be confident in why you're telling somebody no. So it's not just like a necessarily a fear. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Right. Um, uh, you're giving them a reason why. Um, and then you had also made a really good point of just, uh, if they want a specific service, it's like, no, we can't have this today, but we could do this instead. So never just like completely shutting down a person. And this is something that I always talk about because I think it's so important because nobody likes to be told no, right? (laughs) So having another solution for them, it's no, but. So we can't do this type of service today. It's not gonna happen, but we can do this to get there eventually or whatever it might be. So um, I think that those are really big takeaways in the communication piece in the consultation. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, for sure. And like what you just said, yes, is like, thank you for elaborating on that, right? Because it's not just no, and it's not just uh, like, no, I don't feel like it or no, I can't. It's no, because, and that's where like the honesty comes from. It's the power of no, but also the honesty behind why, um, I think is what the clients really ex- uh, respect. And that also comes back to consultation because like, when are you telling them no? Or when are you telling them this is what we can do instead? Or when are you telling them what you're asking for is this and this is what it's going to look like? That all comes down to consultation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And thinking outside the box too. I think that sometimes, and this is again, where like education really comes into play and why I love having so many of these different podcasts out there to be able to listen to, even just to give you like that daily inspiration, but thinking outside of the box and because there's like 50 million ways to do the same thing. Right. So, or to get the same result. And so, um, you may not be able to do that one thing that they want today, but thinking, okay, what are like a few other options that we have for them? So just, I think it's just like, again, educating yourself and finding different ways of doing things. Um, maybe there's a different product out there that would work better for somebody or whatever it might be. So, um, education and consultation, two big things in our (laughs) (laughs) education, consultation, and like honesty. Yep. It all boils down to that. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, so what are some like the, the biggest consultation, um, or aspects or th- sorry, even like things to talk about in your consultation um, with your client? Like what are some of like the, the most important things other than kind of what we've already covered, but um, what are some really important things that we should talk about in our consultation? Um, I mean, yeah, there there's all the basics, right? The things that we learn in beauty school or from educators or whatever is like, what do they like? What do they not like? Like things like that, right? But I think one thing that I've truly learned, and it, it, this is actually a story that I tell people that I'm training usually, um, and it happened with 
a coworker and a dear friend of mine who I've known for over half my life, like we before, like we've known each other from middle school. And um, I had sent her a picture and whatever the conversation was, maybe we're talking about like doing my cover the next day or something. Right. So I sent her a picture of this girl and she's like, obviously super adorable. And I sent it and I was like, I love this, like talking about the hair. And in the picture, the girl had these like tiny little bangs, like baby bangs, but that was not what I was showing her. I was showing her the color, right? So she immediately responds with, oh my God, we're going to do those bangs. And I was like, no girl, we are not going to do those bangs. I don't even understand what you're looking at right now. And it's because I, the client in that moment was so focused on like that one color peeking out, like from behind the earlobe, you know, and she was just like looking at the big picture saying, oh, Simone wants like this whole thing. Um, so when it comes to consultation and, and people are showing you pictures, like the number one thing that I say is like, okay, great. What do you like about that? And like that right there is a really powerful question because like maybe they're showing you how much blonde there is, but like maybe they're just showing you, like I said, that like one piece coming from behind the earlobe or like maybe they just like really like that person's face and like we can't do that for them. So that is a a truly powerful question that I think is a game changer and it sounds so simple, but I think people just – they get so lost and overwhelmed in consultations and maybe their head is there, maybe their head isn't, maybe they're, um, they think they're listening, but they're already planning in their head of like what they're going to do before the conversation is even over. So someone whips out a picture and they're like, okay, great. Yeah. I'm going to give that to you. Sounds great. Um, it's going to be $1 million and let's go. And, and then like that person ends up being super, super blonde and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I, this isn't what I wanted because like what they saw was, I don't know, a shadow at the top, which was just like a shadow. And, you know, and then the stylist saw like super, super blonde. And now there's that miscommunication, even though the stylist think they thinks that they nailed the consultation because they were seeing something different than the client was. And it's like that age old thing of like, What's your version of caramel? When I say caramel highlights, what does that mean to you? So it's asking that question. It's saying, what do you like about that? It's also reiterating at the end. So what I'm hearing you say is, are we on the same page? And I personally believe that a big game changer is showing swatches. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of stylists are against showing swatches. And I don't 100% understand why. And what I assume is that it's like a little bit of an ego thing because like good stylists or like busy stylists in salons don't always show swatches, right? Like they just know, like they like know what they're doing and oh yeah, yeah, I got you. Like when they're talking to a client, but I show swatches just not saying like here we're hand picking the color you're using. I tell clients that I bring swatches over and I'm like, we're not like picking exactly what's going to go on your head. I just need to make sure we're on the same page because you seeing that picture on your phone and translating it to like my eyes in this lighting with that filter, like it might not be exactly what we're going for. So here's three versions of caramel and I want to know what you like and what you don't like. Is there anything you love? Is there anything you hate? Let's go from here so I can make sure we're on the same page. And a client appreciates that too. And like, we have to remember that they might be like auditory learners. They might be visual learners. They might need to touch that swatch, right? If they're tactile. So 
I think like, I think all of those things combined and then remembering to listen and slow our brains down and that we can't formulate until we've had the full conversation or we can't come up with a plan if we're talking about a haircut until we've had the full conversation is important. All of those things, in my opinion, make the perfect consultation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think the the what I like about what you say about the swatches, because that is something that I was always taught was like not to bring the swatch book. And I always like reiterate that to Silas too. But what I like of what you said is it's not about bringing over the entire book because what happens is you bring over the entire book and the client immediately gets very overwhelmed with the amount of color choices, right? There's like a hundred colors on that book. Their brain gets mishmashed on all these different color options and they don't know what to do. So by just bringing over, okay, we're going to do, oh my gosh, my cats are going crazy right now. Um, that it's, you wanted caramel color. So I'm going to bring over three shades of caramel and which one stands out to you more. Now you're not going to put that exact color on their head because everybody's hair turns out different with that one shade, depending on what the starting level was, but it's having a visual idea of like what, you know, was a little bit of a warmer caramel or a little bit of a cooler caramel or whatever it was, maybe they were going a little bit darker or something. And so I think that that's um, a really important point to bring up, um, in not like overwhelming the client with the amount of choices that they have. Um, but I think that like this whole conversation in general is super important. Um, it kind of reminded me of a client I had just last week and she had brought in, um, she has her hairs like below her shoulders, just below her shoulders. And she brought me in this picture of a, uh, uh, like a pixie. And I thought, Oh, like we're going that short. (laughs) And so we had the consultation. We walked through it. I asked her lots of questions. She did not want her hair that short. She just liked the volume at the top of it. (laughs) So had I have not asked those questions, just dove into the haircut. Like she would have been really shocked. (laughs) So it's just so important to like when somebody is bringing you a picture to really like break that down and ask them the questions, what part of it they really like about it. That's so, so, so important. So I love, love that you brought that that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often do people bring in pictures and like what they like is the styling, but they're like wash and wear and what they're showing you is beach waves with an iron. And you're just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. If you don't use an iron and they're like, I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're there for to tell them. It's so true. Um, and so just as you kind of bring that up, I want to switch gears onto talking about product with your client. So how do you recommend that we talk about product and like what the importance of talking about product to our client is? So products is like product retail, right? Mm-hmm. Is like such an interesting, touchy subject. And um, I mean, I know that there's plenty of like retail education out there and, and how to recommend it. Um, but I find that probably just the easiest way to kind of like segue into it with a client is literally just asking them like what they're using at home. 
and discussing it from there, maybe without making them feel bad, right? Because that's always the thing. And um, I find it hilarious that half the clients will like, when you ask them, they'll, they'll like kind of like wince and be like, I don't, I don't really want to tell you. And then some of the other ones like happily smile and tell you that they're using Dove. And it's just like, you know, we need to ask them and, and then, and maybe instead of when they're using something that's not great, instead of telling them that, be like, ask them what they love about it, right? Uh, like, oh, you're using Dove. Okay. What do you love about that product? Like, maybe they like that it's a really deep cleanser. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe they like the way it smells. And then like, oh, what does it smell like? Oh, cucumber? Okay. Um, we've got some fruity smelling shampoos here, right? So, or maybe it's the price point. We have something that matches that price point that's actually going to protect your services even more. So I think the best way is to kind of loop it around and to just just level with them and say, like, I'm not trying to change your life if you're comfortable with it, but let me just, like, see what's going on and tell you what I would do if I were you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's such a great way, and that's exactly how I would frame asking a client about product or like starting to bring up the conversation of product is just asking them what they use. Because again, it just kind of, even with that the perfect example is that client that I had, um, with the short haircut or picture of the short haircut is, you know, if they want that volume in their hair and they have fine hair and they want it that one length, <laughs> they're going to, <laughs> they're going to have to use product. Right. So, um, just having that conversation with them and the talking about the realities of product, but, uh, or of, uh, of styling their hair and using product, but when they are, cause I know this is a conversation that comes up so often is of a client using Pantene or Dove or whatever it is. And, um, they, you know, they do have some film where they're on their hair, their scalp is dry and they really just don't understand why it's not shaming them and making them feel bad for using a cheaper quality shampoo, but just explaining to them why that that product, um, might be giving them dry scalp. So again, it just goes back to education of knowing your products and like what's in the products and what the benefit of those ingredients do for the hair. So I think that that's super important. And both of uh, both of us coming from commission salons, we know how important it is to sell retail. So, um, exactly. And, and even going back to like the Pantene thing, right? Another thing is, I mean, I like to explain it to them when they're using something like that is like, I don't know how much it is, $11 for a bottle. I don't even know, less, $8.95, I don't know. And, <laughs> but like, how often are you going through that? Because usually these people, I'm just picturing like a horse made of hair and they're going through like a bottle every three weeks. Like every time they go to the grocery store, they have to pick up another bottle. Um, but the truth is, is we know that salon grade products um, are going to last longer and they don't always know that. So if you have a $10 bottle of shampoo that you're buying once a month and you have a $30 bottle of shampoo that lasts you three months, isn't it kind of the same, but like one is a little bit better for you. So I like to explain it that way too. I mean, not 
not quite in those terms, you know, client friendly terms, but you know what I mean? It's like putting that into perspective of like, how often are you buying that shampoo? Because the last bottle of mine that I bought lasted me six months, like something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and even just the fact that they're getting like a $300 color and (laughs) (laughs) they want to protect it. And I don't think Pantene has color safe protection in it, but uh, (laughs) yeah, no matter what they say, (laughs) just have those conversations with them. But um, yeah, it's just so important. And I think it's just good to bring up the conversation because these things are important to talk about. And if we don't talk about them um, or make feel somebody feel bad about what they're using, um, it can affect the relationship that you have with your clients. So I think that that is super, super important. Yes, I agree. Um, so finally, kind of like, what do you think are some of the fears that we have kind of like, you know, in all encompassing everything that we've kind of talked about? Um, what do you think some of the fears are that stylists have when coming to consultations with their clients and just ways that we can overcome those fears that we, we have so that we can just really create a great consultation for our clients? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've heard from the clients that I've interviewed is always like that the stylist is acting like they know what's best for them or is making a lot of assumptions. And I mean, I'm not there. I don't know. And I'm maybe a certain kind of stylist and maybe they're another kind or the only thing that I can assume, and I I know I've already said this word is like ego, right? And I don't mean that's like someone thinks that they're like the best, but I think a lot of the times it comes off as they want to appear like they're the best. They want to appear to the client that they know what they're doing and that, you know, the client's making a good decision in their hands and like, oh, don't worry about it. I've got you. And I think because of that, a lot of stylists will say, oh, okay, okay, I got it, right? Like they, the client has said like two words, like I want to be darker and they're like, I got it, I got you, I'm going to make you darker. And then they just like walk away and start doing their thing, right? Or maybe in more words, they say, I got you, and then they walk away and they do their thing. And um, I think a fear is that if they ask too many questions, it's going to look like they don't know what they're doing. Or if they ask too many questions, it's going to look like um, they don't have any ideas of their own. So when it comes down to that, like that point that clients that I've interviewed have talked about the most, um, is that stylists need to stop like putting words in clients' mouths. Like they need to stop assuming and really get down to the bottom of it and ask the right questions. And the fear of seeming like you don't know what you're doing is like making it worse. Um, So I would say that is a big thing. But on the opposite side, I think are the people, like I said before, who are starting to plan things before the conversation is over. So things start going over and over and over in their heads. And I know that in a creative industry, a lot of us have a lot of creative conversations going on in our heads at all times. Um, a little of the not neurotypical type of 
brain in this industry. So like they're already going, oh, okay, they want to be blonde. Okay. So what product am I going to have to use to make them blonde? And oh my God, do I have enough time? Are they getting a full or a partial? Right. So like all of these things start going through their heads, but the client is still talking. So it's like, of course we know that we should always be actively listening, right? Oh, someone is talking. We should be listening. Our client is talking. We should be listening. But if you appear like you're listening, but you're not actually listening because you're 10 steps ahead in your head, uh, that is not going to go over well. So those are the two things that I've realized is that the clients that I'm interviewing are seeming like they think the stylists are assuming a lot of things. But I know from working with people, because I am in a commission salon and I'm part of a team, is that the people usually are just getting lost because they forgot to listen because they're already trying to figure things out before the conversation is over. Mm-hmm. So those two things. Yeah, it's so true. And I think it's just been like, I know this kind of goes back to, um, I just think back to even some of the consultations that I've had in the past or conversations that I've heard happening around me. And I mean, the reality is, is we've all made mistakes behind the chair. Um, it's a fact of life and it's, we're all human. And, um, I think it's just really having an open mind. Cause I think there are some days where, you know, you are so busy or there's a lot going on and it's, you, a, you forget to have the conversations, but you kind of go in with the assumption of what's happening. And so it might be like, okay, well, they booked in for a uh, root touch up, but they actually wanted highlights. So your mind gets totally thrown off. Yes. What you were like imagining was going to happen with your day. Right. And so I think that that's where we have to really go in with an open mind and, and, and really ask those questions because they might not have known, like they could say, oh yeah, I wanted a color. And to them, a color is highlights because it's highlights is a color. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it's just really having, um, that open mind going into the service. Cause I know there's been times where I could be something completely outside of the salon. Something was going on in my life and I go in and all of a sudden like super thrown off with the consultation. Right. So it's just like really being like clear and open mind and kind of like grounding, um, at the start of your day. So I think that that is a super important part of it and can lead to a lot of the fears that we have. <laughs> yes. then we start to get scared. <laughs> yeah. And I think like a simple way to not, maybe not to conquer the fear because the fear, I don't know, I'm not here to help people conquer their fears, I guess, but it's like, a simple way to make sure that the fear isn't getting in the way is literally before you walk away, just to reiterate what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, be like, okay, so great. Sounds great. Uh, you want to go a little bit darker than last time, but not much darker. That sounds correct. And if they say yes, then you've checked all your boxes. You know, you can confirm with the client that you heard them correctly and that's the plan and they're good with it. And another thing that I've learned is like before walking away, just being like, do you have any questions for me? Mm-hmm. And usually they're like, wait, what? Why would I have a question for you? But but if they've been sitting there the whole time going like, why didn't she ask me whatever it is? It's in the back of their head. That is their time to ask it before I walk away. Like, oh yeah, I did have a question. Um, 
are you going to give me a money piece? And I'm like, oh my God, girl, yes. Is that what you want? Or is it what you don't want? Let's talk about that. Right. So like it's those, it's those things. It's reiterating and asking them if they have any questions for you before you start. Mm-hmm. And that goes too with listening to, I can't remember which episode it was, but um, just kind of reminded me that it's not only the fear that the hairstylist has, but the fear that the client has as well, because they're ner- just as nervous coming in or more nervous coming yes. into that appointment than you are. And especially if they have had a negative experience or they do, um, uh, suffer from, from anxiety or whatever it might be, or maybe they just had a really off day. Right. So, um, they have just as many fears and they might think in their head that they want to ask a question, but they're just like too scared to ask you. Right. So. Yes. Yes. And, and like, you know, when I'm at the salon, I'm like a different person. It's like I'm performing I or like I'm home, right? I'm with my family, even a complete stranger that walks in and sits in my chair. It's like I've known them my whole life. But when I am in public, like when I am at the Starbucks counter, if they do not make eye contact with me, I will literally stand there and wait for one and a half hours for my mobile order because like if I were to speak up and say my name, I think I've been melted into a puddle. So like if I feel that way walking into the Starbucks that I walk into seven days a week, I can only imagine how a client who feels like they know nothing about hair feels walking into like a big salon, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to say. They feel intimidated because they don't really feel like they know what they're talking about. And that's like the beauty of interviewing clients is I've started to get into their heads and be like, all of them are scared. All of them feel stupid, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And for us, it's just another day at the salon. So it it is really important to remember that like they are just people, just like we are just people who have days and lives and pasts and histories and feelings and thoughts and anxieties and all the things. It's so true. It absolutely true. And they, and that's exactly it is they are human. And there are a lot of people, um, I mean, especially like now, and we've had this conversation on so many different episodes in this podcast is just even talking about, um, uh, uh, um, mental illness, right. And talking about, um, different things that people are struggling with in their daily lives. And we forget about that. And so I think even just kind of a, a remembrance of, as we're talking kind of from the client's perspective that, that they might have something completely go different going on in their life that you have no idea about. And, um, that, you know, they might for, and I'll just give an example, um, from within our salon, because I think that this was a really, really big learning lesson for us was having a client come in who, um, she, she got the service she wanted, um, or that she had to ask for, but, she had a lot of things going on in her personal life. Um, and she ended up sending us, uh, an email. It was, she did, she was not happy at all about her service. Um, and she felt very like 
she was just really unhappy. And, and that's really what it was at the end of the day. She was just really unhappy with the service that she got. Um, and after having a very long conversation with her, it had nothing to do with us, right? It had nothing to do with the service that we gave her. It was just what was going on in her life. So I think that that is a really um, important aspect of just talking about like people are human and people have other things going on. And so um, just kind of remembering that and, and as a stylist, don't take everything personally. Yes, there might've been miscommunication within your service and, and you might have given them the wrong service that they were asking for, but sometimes it's not you. And it was just something going on internally with them. So, um, I think that it's really important to not just write that person off if they do do give you a bad review and have an actual conversation with them to learn, learn from it and what you could have maybe done differently, or maybe it was just something going on with them. So I think that that's a really important aspect of it. Yeah. Have you ever read a review on like TripAdvisor? Uh, that's not very popular in Canada, but we, (laughs) we get like, no, if it's popular here anymore, to be honest, it was like a big thing, but like, you know, it's a place that people go and they leave a review for like a Mm. hotel that they went to or a trip that they went on. I really don't know if it's a thing anymore, but I remember like reading a review at one point I was trying to plan something and being like, okay, every bad review was because that person was upset with something else. Like literally a review would be like, I went and my fiance broke up with me in the lobby and then my pillows weren't fluffy and I'm giving you one star. And it's like, okay. Okay. So this has nothing to do with the hotel. I'm going to ignore this review. Mm-hmm. And it, it just totally reminds me of what you said because a hundred percent, like if someone is having a bad day, it's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. Even if it's a place that they've been a million times with people that they love like stylists that they love, you know? Um, So we do have to remember that they are only human, just like they have to remember that we're only human and things happen, right? Yeah. And it's just (laughs) kind of wrapping this all up. It's just having a conversation. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like not, not being scared. They're just human. We're just human. We're just going to have an open and honest conversation about why you're here and what you're paying me money to do. (laughs) so freaking true yep (laughs) awesome uh I think that I could probably ask you like 20 more questions um and we could like keep conversing but um (laughs) just to kind of wrap this up I first off appreciate you coming on and having this conversation because again it is so important to have and um I think that there are a, a lot of really amazing takeaways from your podcast coffee and foils so definitely go check that out whoever's listening um and as we do at the end of every episode of the secret life of a hairstylist we like to share secrets so it can be something a funny story that's happened behind the chair trade secret something somebody nothing no something that nobody knows about you uh what is your hairstylist secret so (laughs) I was thinking about what I was going to answer with and I think I have a story love it post-pandemic story like right after the salon reopened we were closed for three months I think you guys we were close close. 
nine months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I've heard. Um, so in New York, we were closed for three months and I like to keep things very professional. So it feels a little weird that I'm talking about a client, but this story is worth it. I, I guarantee. So the salon reopens and I need to put like a little disclaimer out there that I consider myself very COVID cautious. Like even two years in, I like, I, I wear a mask everywhere I go. It just, it makes me comfortable. I take the pandemic pretty seriously. Okay. So here I am back at work after three months and this client comes in who I had maybe started doing like within the last year before the pandemic. And she's wearing a mask. She's very tall. I'm five, three, like I guess an average, average short, right? She's very tall and she's wearing her mask and she looks down at me and she was like, um, I'm going to need you to like back a few feet away and not breathe on me. And like, mind you, like I'm in the mask, I'm in the goggles, right? Like we're wearing all the things. And I was like, okay, but like, I'm, I'm doing your hair today. And she was like, yeah. And then she was like, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this conversation up here. Like we weren't in front of a mirror. I haven't seen this woman in like six months because of the pandemic, right? She's like, we're going to have this conversation up here. And then once I sit in the chair, there's going to be no more talking. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. She's like, so I just wanted you to make me like blondes. Like whatever you did last time was great. And I was like, okay, like what do you say to that? So she sits in the chair and she meant it. I wasn't allowed to breathe on her, to talk to her. (laughs) But then I had a question, like, where do you part your hair? Because I forgot. So I would like, I mean, nobody can see this right now, but like she would be in front of me and I would like turn my head to the right and be like, where do you part your hair again? Like breathing over my shoulder. And then if someone came over to like ask me a question while I was working, I would like shoot them the eyes, like don't come over here. But the best part is, is that she was allowed to talk to me. She kept asking me questions. She kept like asking me how like how my life has been. And I every time I went to answer, she would be like, you know what? Don't um don't don't speak. Just nod your head yes or no. So I, I would comply. Um and then this is where it gets really good. So it was the summer. So we reopened in June of 2020. So maybe this is like July. So it's hot. We have the doors open because like, you know, we're trying to circulate the air and she's wearing this like little mini dress and she's like, I'm getting so hot. I'm getting so hot. And she like starts taking off her cape, but I'm like in the middle of like highlighting her and she takes off her shoes and she takes off her socks and she starts rubbing her feet all over the salon. (laughs) So like. So she's scared of COVID. Fine. Understandable. I'm not allowed to talk to her because I'm not allowed to breathe on her. But she's allowed to breathe on me. And now she's going to rub her dirty feet <laughs> all over the salon. And she was she was at the salon for like three hours. So this this is my story. This is like the famous story. If you knew who she was, I think it'd be a little bit funnier. Um, but nothing in my life is ever going to compare to this, to the fact that I was not allowed to talk to her because she was scared of germs and then rubbed her germs all over the salon. 
<laughs> and that's it. That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That just reminded me today of a client who we have like, um, slippers for clients to wear. Cause it's super messy in the salon, uh, like outside right now, um, with all the snow melting. And, uh, so she, <laughs> she accidentally took some, uh, slippers out of the dirty pile and didn't realize it. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. She put them back or she like took them off after and she's like, which one's the dirty pile? And we're like this one. She's like, I think I took them out of there. It's like, oh, well you can't get COVID from, or, um, COVID from your feet. I was like, yeah, but you can get a whole lot of other things. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so funny, but that's hilarious. Um, yeah, you know what? People are human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting things. It's just, it's funny sometimes when we get so thrown off by what somebody is doing in yeah. this one and you kind of just forget how to like be human for a second. <laughs> yeah. Human and professional at the same time, somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I think we all have a story like that. That's amazing. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, thank you again so much for being on here um, and sharing all of your wisdom. And um, I hope that everybody goes to check out your podcast. And uh, just to kind of finish it off, um, where can people find you um, and your podcast and all of the fun stuff you're sharing? Yeah. Um, so the podcast is currently on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcast, uh, Coffee and Foils Podcast, spelled just like that. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Coffee and Foils Podcast. Uh, but my hair Instagram, like where all my work is, is all is uh, at that hair colorist spelled just like that, no spaces. Um, and those are the best ways to find me. I answer DMs all the time. My phone is always in my hand unless I'm working. Um, so if you don't hear from me, it's because I'm working. And if you do hear from me immediately, it's because I was staring at my phone, uh, probably waiting for someone to DM me. So, um, uh, yeah. And please help spread the word. I'm so happy that I'm on your lovely podcast and I've shared so many episodes and I've been uh, talking about it to coworkers, like so many little tidbits that I've like learned or things that I haven't thought of. So I really appreciate um, your podcast, but to whoever's listening, if you can share with whoever is out there, because I truly believe that if we see all the perspectives, the industry can be better as a whole. So thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Absolutely. And I think that is a beautiful way to end this episode. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much again for listening to this week's episode of The Secret Life of a Hairstylist. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would send me a DM and let me know your thoughts or rate and subscribe and send it to your friends so that they can know that this episode is out there for them to learn and grow from and gain more resources from. So again, I hope you enjoyed it and we will see you on the next episode.